0: Hey everybody and welcome back to the CNC Replay, I'm your host Noel,
1: And I'm Corey and Chris is dead No he's not, he's not dead
0: <laughs> He's not, he's Chris- just a very busy boy
1: Yeah, he's getting married so he's gotta do like wedding planning things And we're not getting married so we're not doing wedding planning things So we get to do a podcast and talk about sports with all of you which is, do. which isn't that bad, for all things considered. I mean, taking a Tuesday night and talking about sports—I don't think that that's a bad gig.
0: No, not about not bad at all. Um, you did start uh, kickball league on Mondays, was really screw through a wrench into our plans.
1: Yes, I did do that. It's only for August though, and it's with it's with the my place of employment. So like, I feel like like a a I wanted to, and b like. A little bit of like, yeah, it'd probably be a good idea if I did. Anyway, bonding, uh, you know, Bonding. Team building. And a lot of the youth students are in this league too, so they were on my team yesterday, but we lost. They don't know how to kick, and <laughs> there, there was a couple of the girls. They came up and were like, "I don't want to kick anymore. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna get out." And I'm like, "That's the spirit. That's <laughs> what we need on this team." <laughs> so if you want to know how the first week went, that's how. <laughs>
0: That's how it went. What's the average age of your team?
1: Well, it was, I mean, it was open to like kids 14 and up or like, no, like 14 and up. So like anyone who is at least 14 could participate in this league. So we have a good mixture of like youth students and then also like parents. So the team of parents beat essentially the youth students yesterday. Um, So that kind of stunk. But,
0: I was gonna say, I'm sure you were real happy with that.
1: Yeah, I, I, I was not too thrilled about it. Um, but I had, I had one of like our like girl students' dads who like played for IU basketball back in the day, so he was helpful. But then all the other kids um, were not as helpful. So, ugh,
0: ugh. It's the worst,
1: the absolute worst. But other than that, um, it seemed like everything in the history of time happened this week in Detroit sports (sighs)
0: yeah just so I had tweeted on my personal Twitter when the NHL draft was happening that I was doing that as well as watching the um the Olympic opening ceremony with my mom and I was like my brain is like trying is like exploding trying to keep up with both of these things at the same time and then the NBA draft happened and the subsequent like free agency of everybody's teams and i was like I, i'm tweeting a what like once every five minutes and b sending you guys a bunch of links and articles that you probably don't read and don't care about so it was well, crazy
1: a, we can't read them because we don't pay for the athletic because we ain't about that life so we we have to rely i don't on you send the you
0: athletic articles anymore because sometimes, of that specifically sometimes you
1: do i read your articles calm down okay i read them Mm-hmm. And also, don't forget the MLB trade deadline was uh, this past uh, Friday. Yeah, so I know I was,
0: that was crazy.
1: I was at I was at a wedding, and I was glued to my phone while we were taking pictures. <laughs> and so I'm I was sure. like, "Oh man, I'm who's sure. getting traded?"
0: <laughs> oh my god! Because I I know the people that you whose wedding you went to, and I'm sure the bride was so happy with you. <laughs> I'm sure she. loved Oh no, that. she didn't.
1: <laughs> she didn't care. It was during the day at the wedding. Like in, while I was oh. standing up in the wedding. Like, yeah, like, I didn't have my phone on then, even though it buzzed, like, ten times. So.
0: Well, that's good.
1: I was, I was responsible in good. my duties.
0: Good. So,
1: thank you. All,
0: All right. right. We got,
1: we got to talk. We, we got to start. <laughs> we have to start. We only have so much time, and we have so much things to talk about. Um, but we'll start with the Pistons. And No Noel, do you have any opening thoughts about the Pistons? Because I-, I could – I could honestly, I think this is what I could talk about the longest, um, like this week. Um,
0: and that's my, incredibly rare. Yeah. My opening thoughts are was just like a deep sense of relief when I got the news that Cade Cunningham was chosen first overall. Like, I, because there were rumors and there was, like, uncertainty about where the Pistons were planning on going with their pick – And it was just nice to have the reassurance that we have a a key player who is going to be a future and the face of this franchise, um, as well as just a stud in the NBA, period. So those are my opening thoughts. I will let you um, go on for a little bit.
1: No, again, I think we were all (laughs) had a sigh of relief. Because it's the pessimist in all of us, like, Detroit sports fans that are like, we finally have the cream of the crop, like, we finally have the top pick in the draft, and somehow, some way, we're going to find a way to screw it up. That was kind of in the back of our minds for everybody, regardless if you're a diehard Pistons fan or not. Just simply being a Detroit sports fan kind of gives you that mentality, which sucks, but we were all thinking it. You were thinking it. I was thinking it. Um, and I don't know. Maybe even some Pistons players were thinking it. I don't think so. But regardless of the fact, um, yes, very relieved once I saw the update that the Pistons were taking Cape Cunningham, um, and just everything that followed on social media as well. You know how he's like had the glasses and everything. I think the governor did something in response to that as well. But just truly like embracing like like that star mentality. Cause hey, we need we need a star uh, on this team, and uh, mm-hmm. and sure thing, we got that with the draft. Um, so obviously, super excited about that. Super excited to see him get into work. Um, but I need to talk about the rest of this draft. Um, Please and and it is incredible the amount of talent, at least at the college level, that the Pistons were able to get away with. I know that they draft... I think they drafted a European player. I didn't read much about him, so... um, Mm -hmm. And honestly, the things that I was reading didn't even mention him, so... We had four picks, end of the story, and we have a good story on three of them. First, Cade Cunningham, number one overall pick, best player in the draft. Um, And what's the the name of the other guy, the European guy? Because I'll have to Uh, research him.
0: Balsa Koprivica? He, I can't pronounce his last name. He's Serbian.
1: Is, he's Serbian. Okay, well, hey, uh, Nikola Jokic is Serbian, and he just won the MVP, so maybe we, maybe there's some connection there. Probably the, not.
0: The, Yeah. Yeah, so, because I was doing research for this, too, and just a little comment before you go on to the other guys. Um, the only – like you were saying, there's not a lot of tape on him. There's not a lot of um, really knowledge of what this guy does, but I did see that one of um, – uh, who was he? Hold on. Let me find this. Uh, one of the so the nba an nba draft researcher for propriety and for the propriety analytics firm stats perform wow i can't talk um okay said like tweeted out like hey i'm really happy this guy got chosen um he was graded a lot higher in our stats than in the nba draft model uh he called him an elite finisher and rebounder so like Obviously, those are not the only two things that make a good NBA player, but those are a start. Um, and I love hearing the word elite thrown in, at, mm-hmm. you know, at 57th overall. So that is those are my two cents on, on him, who we don't know much about.
1: Sure. And it seems like a lot of European players are lottery tickets anyway. Um, yeah. You, they're kind of like you can either hit really, really well and look at Luka, look at a Jokic, and then other players that are highly uh, sought after. Like uh, Ricky Rubio, um, I think he was a top ten pick. Like, was supposed to be like this, like superstar player. Ended up being a very good player in the league, but still not didn't live up to that superstar mentality, or not mentality, but that superstar uh, level. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I again, second round pick. Who cares? Um, seems to have some good notoriety that goes along with it. But again, to the other two players, Pistons drafted. Isaiah Livers from University of Michigan, who I have seen play and know very well and watch closely. And then also Luca Garza, who is the center for Iowa. So mm-hmm. two things. First for Isaiah Livers. Isaiah Livers was a captain at U of M, senior this past year, and everybody was saying that he was a first-round talent if he did not break his foot. He broke yeah. his foot uh, he, he had like a stress fracture, he had surgery towards the tail end of March Madness, and Michigan played well without him, but they did not make it to the Final Four, uh, essentially because he wasn't there. Uh, they really struggled to score against UCLA, and Isaiah Livers, throughout the entirety of that Michigan basketball season, was a guy that you could go to, and he would get you a bucket. Uh, and that's exactly what the Pistons kind of need right now. A guy, a guy who can make a difference on the court whenever he's out there, um, and can get you a bucket when you need it the most. And not only that, he, he improved on his defense every single year that he was at U of M. So as a freshman, he was more of an offensive player. And then as a senior became a true leader on both sides of the ball, um, I don't I don't want to say he's an elite defender, but I want to say that he he's a difference maker. An elite difference maker. And Michigan was a far different team without him on the court than they were with him on the court. Um and his presence was missed uh in the tail end of that tournament run for Michigan this past year. And then number 2, do you know anything about Luca Garza, Noel?
0: Um the only stuff that I've read about him is that he has a motor that doesn't quit. So
1: so A, right there, has a motor that doesn't quit. B, did you know that he was the Naismith basketball player of the year in college? I didn't. He was the best college basketball player in the nation last year. And the Pistons wow. and the Pistons got him with their final pick in the draft. Now everybody says, Oh, I don't think Luca Garza's game is gonna transition, you know, very well into the NBA. You know, he's he's short for a player who plays primarily out of the five, blah, 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 all this. The expectations for second round picks in the NBA are already so low. Why not take a chance on a guy who is already the best player out of the out of the pool that you could have drafted in the college game? So, it, it, if anything, he's a dynamic five. So he's not a traditional big man. Gets rebounds, plays great defensively. You know, Hunter Dickinson essentially destroyed him. Once Iowa played Michigan at home, like they couldn't, they 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 ran them off the floor, ran them out of the building. Um, but Luca Garza, I think, still had twenty something points in a blowout loss at home. Um, and Luca Garza was Iowa's difference maker on offense, and he's a guy that isn't just someone who sits in the sits in the paint, gets those easy layups. He shoots the three. And if there's anything that you can talk about in the NBA, you need players, wherever they are on the court, to shoot the three. And to have a player who can slot into the, into the five and be dynamic on all sorts, of, all sorts of different spots on offense is needed. So mm-hmm. he's, he's got a motor that doesn't quit, and he has several ways that he can beat you offensively. If you improve on your defense, now there's nothing you can do about size. He's under seven feet, and that's pretty short for a center in the NBA. But if you can improve on your tenacity and your defense, and still have that offensive upside, why wouldn't this guy get taken sooner? is is my is mm-hmm. is my stance on this? Yeah. Um,
0: I just so I, I just am, pulled up an article. So go ahead, continue. No, your thought.
1: no, you're good. So I I am I am super. Encouraged by this Pistons draft. Not only did you get the best player, you had some first round talent uh, in response to some injuries, and then also you had the best player in college basketball from the year before. And then essentially he was, you know, a top 10 player the year before that in college basketball. So people are looking at the Pistons draft, not just myself, other NBA analysts, and they're like, they knocked this out of the park. And that's mm-hmm. not just because they drafted Kate Cunningham. So, yeah. more young talent for Troy Weaver, um, and they were able to make some splashes in uh, free agency this week as well. They drafted or not drafted? They signed Kelly Olynyk, who's essentially um, a younger and better Plumlee. Um, so they signed him, I think, for three years. I don't. I can't. I can't remember the amount. I think it was like forty-seven million or something like that. Um, but, um,
0: I have it somewhere on my note sheet. Do I know where it is? Yeah, three years, 37 mil.
1: Okay, so off by 10. Uh, so not bad. Um, and someone you can easily, like, if Isaiah Stewart doesn't develop the way that you think he's going to develop, you have a, a I don't want to say solid, but serviceable NBA center that you can throw in there. And then also you have Luca Garza waiting in the wings that will take some reps at that position as well. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. They drafted. I think they cut Corey Joseph, and then he resigned with the. Team. Yeah, they
0: waived him and then signed him for the cheaper than he was than the contract he was on before they waived him.
1: Yeah. So. And did they sign anybody else? I can't remember.
0: Uh, those are the only things that I have written down. I don't think they've signed anybody else, not that I've seen, unless it happened in the last three hours. So.
1: No, I I don't I don't think I've seen anything either. I'd have to research that a little bit too. But, um, you have the makings. Again, of a really young and exciting team. You saw, I, so I, you're gonna roll your eyes a little bit, but there is, there's this lady, and I see it a lot because I've been looking at more NBA content on Twitter. Um, this lady from Barstool, I think it's their NBA podcast. Um, it's called This League or something. So she like talks about like the drama and then everything else that happens. Essentially, it's just making fun of Knicks fans for her. So, is what it is. Um, But she was talking about what the Pistons were doing. And so to go back to our conversation at the beginning um, with, oh, we don't know who we're going to take with the number one pick, she was saying that was a brilliant move by Troy Weaver because <clears> she was putting into the perspective. It's like when the Pistons finally announce that they're taking Cade Cunningham, the rest of the league moves on without them. So she was comparing it to when the Pelicans had the number one pick for Zion, um... And once they announced super early that um, they were going to take Zion, no one's negotiating with them. No one's going to do anything like that. And the rest of the league kind of falls into place after that. So they sign free agents. They do this, they do that. So she was essentially saying that Troy Weaver was doing this to just kick the tires. So like what happens if a team like the Clippers call and we're like, hey, we're going to give you 30 first round picks for the number one pick. Hmm. So I, that that's just a random... She didn't say that, but that's just a random number. Yeah, yeah. But, like, if you're the Pistons and you get that, yes, you'd lose out on Kate Coming, but you would have three decades worth of first-round talent in your back pocket. So you may not be great the next year after that, but now you have your pick, which could be... You could win in the lottery. And then you also have another first-round pick. And then you'll have essentially... a. Two first-round picks for the next thirty years. Odds are, you're gonna hit on one of those guys.
0: That's true. That's a good analysis. I like looking at it that from that angle because I think a lot of us were just like, "Why? Why yeah. are you doing this?"
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think looking back at it too, I was in that same boat. I, I was like, "Why even? Why even? You know, uh, entertain the thought." Of, of slipping that into other people's minds. But mm-hmm. she had a good perspective on that. And then she also was saying that the Pistons are going to make the play-in tournament this upcoming year, which, I mean, what? They have to finish in the top ten in the East? And the East is already not that great of a conf- or conference. Um, so I think that could be a realistic goal.
0: Anything is possible.
1: Anything is possible. But, again, you you have the best player in mm-hmm. the draft. <laughs> And you already showed great signs of improvement. And then I also still do think Dwayne Casey is a great NBA coach. You still have him there developing those young guys. And then you just overhauled, not overhauled your roster, but you got younger at the five, and then you had a very good draft for the rest of the NBA consensus. I'm excited. I will be, I think for the first time in like eight years, I will, I will watch... Pistons opening night, like, and be excited. I'll get my stupid Andre Drummond jersey on (laughs) and I will, I will, I will be, I will be vastly excited to watch Pistons basketball on opening night. So that's my two cents on it. I'm really encouraged and it's, it's kind of, I don't know. It kind of seems like it's a bit of the changing of the guard, not, not a changing of the guard, but like. Um things are looking up mm-hmm. for all Detroit sports except the Lions. Which is a
0: weird place to be in.
1: Oh yeah. Incredibly. I've never
0: weird. been in this before.
1: <laughs> where where everybody has a little bit of glimmer of hope? Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to handle it. Um mostly with a lot of pessimism, I think is how I'm taking it currently. Sure. You know. Yeah. Um I think you covered a lot of that really well. Um, I don't have really any more thoughts. Um, yeah, the Mason Plumlee thing was a cap dump, just opening up more space to give the newer guys some more more sure. contract cap hit, um, which is a good move. Needed to be done, I guess. Um, so that's good. Do you? Who do you want to move on to? Wings or Tigers?
1: Uh, let's do Tigers because I feel like we have a lot to talk about for the Wings too. Yeah. Cause like the Tigers, at least like we can, we just talk about like games That's true. Um, and then and Eric Haas and Eric. Ha- so <laughs> I could go on. A- you want me to go on another tangent? Sure. Okay. So I, I, I need to revisit the recording of when I told Chris that Eric Haas was not going to lead this team in home runs and he very well <laughs> could be leading this. I don't even know what the bet was. But it was probably something along the lines of that of me getting an Eric Haas jersey, which will be happening at some point. I right. just, I'm just poor and I can't, I can't buy one right now. And I already did the purchase for the Akil Badu jersey at full price, so I can't, I can't do, I can't keep doing that, especially when my collection is getting into ridiculous numbers. So we're not gonna.
0: How far past um, 100 are we right now?
1: We're, we're. So when, when was the jersey episode?
0: That was episode twelve, so it's had almost thirteen weeks ago. How many did I have then? You had a hundred and one.
1: And hundred and one.
0: Yeah, your Akil Badu was your hundred and first.
1: Uh okay, I'm probably at one hundred and six, one hundred and seven. Okay. Yeah, I got li- a.
0: lot in thirteen weeks. <laughs> That's okay. That's one every two.
1: I got a. I got a. Uh, a team Lithuania basketball jersey classic it's because uh, the, the, com- the olympics were coming up my aunt and uncle were missionaries there and then also the player plays for the pacers um so i live in indiana now so it's like yes it's a yes. good mashup to have um but anyway um eric haas is you know you you would like to think that akil badu is the biggest feel-good story of the year. eric haas has got to be the biggest feel-good story of the year this man has no business doing what he's doing right now. He's a Not- tw- he is a 28-year-old rookie who has been cut, I believe, twice. He was released by the Tigers and then he was released by the Indians and then the Tigers picked him back up and then he just has an absolute revelation of a season right now. Um I don't care how old he is. This is a guy that wasn't supposed to be anything and if the the max that he was supposed to be was like a third-string emergency catcher that you pull up from AAA. And now he is hit his way into the lineup and playing a position that, frankly, he's probably not very good at, but he's there because of that impact. Eric Haas is hitting fourth for the Tigers right now. I, I know the Tigers aren't a very good team. However, they scored 147 runs in the month of July, which was most in the major leagues, by the way. So take that as you will and eric Haas was batting fourth for the majority of that time he's got an ops north of 800 for the season and stats wise should absolutely be getting consideration for rookie of the year and not just that very it, it is very possible that the tigers could finish 1 2 3 in rookie of the year voting and i'm looking that's at
0: that's just wild that's, that's like a crazy thought
1: that's crazy. Now I'm looking at other people's stats. You have Adolis Garcia for Texas. He's a 28 year old rookie. So like, and everyone's like, oh, he's the front runner because he hits a lot of home runs. Uh, Eric Haas has a higher OPS than he does, um, and they're both the same age. Uh, Andrew Vaughn is a guy that people are talking about with Chicago. He hadn't played above High A uh, in his entire career, and now he's got the highest batting average of any rookie. Um, also, Akil Badu hasn't played above High A. Uh, and he's three years younger than than Andrew Vaughn, um. So and he has a higher OPS. Um. Uh, so that guy, screw him. Um,
0: <laughs> okay.
1: And then Ryan My- Ryan Mountcastle for Baltimore. What a name! What Gr- a name! Great name, absolutely great name. Uh, also has worse stats than Akil Badu and Eric Haas. So, it, I, I'll just say this: if if there are not two Tigers in the top three of Rookie of the Year vote, I'm not even saying – because you never know what you're going to get with these award – or these these uh, MLB season awards votes. So I'll, I'll put this into perspective. Uh, Felix Hernandez a couple – not a couple years ago, but I think in 2014 had – he was one win above 500. And he won the Cy Young Award. He had the lowest win total for a Cy Young Award winner, I think, in the American League, I think, ever. Um, he won the Cy Young Award. Then, a few years later, Rick Porcello wins the a- the AL Cy Young Award because he led the league in wins. That was it. He didn't. He had. He didn't have a. He didn't have a spectacular ERA, he didn't have great strikeout numbers, he didn't have this, this, and that. He led the league in wins, so he won the Cy Young. Justin Verlander had him beat in every single major statistical category in 2018, and he lost the Cy Young Award to Rick Porcello.
0: Are you just mad about this because it was Justin Verlander?
1: (laughs) Yes, but but how are we going to vote one guy when wins don't matter, and then five years down the road wins do matter and that's the only thing that matters so that was the consideration for uh Miguel Cabrera when he won the triple crown that was Mike Trout's I think rookie year and Mike Trout had a higher war than he did but Miguel Cabrera just did something that no player in the American League had done since the 60s so everybody was like oh what are we going to do here um and that was a case where yes
0: um is award voting the same as it is in the NHL where it's uh, like beat writers, and it's like who votes on those things? It's yes. like beat writers and yes. people in the industry, right? Okay, yes. cool. Just making sure.
1: And baseball's the worst because there's a bunch of old guys and blah 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 blah. Yeah. So that's just that's just nuts. But the point I'm trying to make is there's no uh standard for voting, um and some some years it's just kind of like who looks good on paper. this year we're going to care about war and defensive metrics, and this year we're not really going to care so much about it. So, um, and then it's even harder for rookie of the year because it's like you have, like, different players at different positions. So, like, who's to say that a guy's offensive year is more impressive than a rookie pitcher's year who has this amount of – so it's kind of hard to compare. But the point I'm trying to make, the Tigers have three of the best rookies in the American League this year, and if one of them does not win, then that's – pretty disappointing because there's there there are very few players that are rookies i mean i guess if you go age wise i I would i would take akil badu over just about any of those guys especially with the production that we're getting out of him right now left-handed bat i would take him over anybody casey mize absolutely i would take over any rookie pitcher and then eric haas just for the sheer story alone yes i would take him but regardless um eric haas is a great story um I hope he continues to mash, and I and honestly, I hope he continues to be a piece of this of this team going forward. I don't want him to be just like a one and done guy, um, and then not turn out to turn out to be anything after a a pretty solid rookie of the year consideration season. Like that would be so cool if this was a guy who s- scratched and clawed his way onto an MLB roster and then somehow made it to a World Series and won a World Series with the team that he that essentially took a chance on him i think that'd be great and hometown guy be one of the best stories to follow in baseball and congrats to him getting rookie of the month consideration absolutely deserved it the amount of clutch hits that this man has had over the past two weeks Mm
0: -hmm. he also just got his first grand slam so
1: And, and, and the clutchest hit he probably would ever have (laughs) Yep. <laughs> in that game so that uh, i i mean i want i want to give you a chance to talk because again i could talk about the tigers forever mm-hmm. um but do you have any more comments on our homegrown eric haas or homegrown just rookies eric in haas. general
0: um no i think you make a lot of good points um i think that the three w- rookies that we have are are standouts do i know that one of them will win I, I think I'm a little less optimistic than you are just just naturally I think I just am um, I also hold to the fact that the rest of the sports world doesn't like Detroit just it generally um, so giving us anything nice is hard uh, yeah I I it's really fun to get because I don't have um, really the time to watch a lot of sports right now just summer's crazy with work and so i don't have a lot of just downtime but to see those notifications of like eric haas hit a home runner akil badu hit a double and got two guys in and like all of these things just i love getting those notifications because i'm like look we're doing things Mm -hmm. um so that's always really exciting and i yeah I don't know. There was another thought there, and then it derailed and exploded. So that's okay. It happens. Yeah, it happens. But yeah, I think it'll be. I think it'll be an interesting award season, just generally, because this, barring last season, I feel like this season has been kind of crazy, just trying to get back into a sense of normalcy. Um. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Who knows?
1: I I agree. I agree on those fronts. Um, and I've probably gushed over Akil Badu a bajillion times. Correct. Um, but again, I want to reiterate that this player plays with the patience of a, of a multi-year veteran at the plate because he walks like no rookie should walk, but he also carries the same energy that a 22-year-old MLB player should carry. So you have both worlds, and I think for that alone, some intangible stuff in the in the rookie you year voting has to go in line with that, um, because this is not your typical young MLB player. This is this is why people gush over uh, Juan Soto, which, by the way, is the same age as Akil uh, Badu. Akil Badu. They're both twenty two years old, and Juan Soto has been playing in the major since he was eighteen, yeah. and people people flock at his ability to be patient at the plate. Um, and that's part of the reason why he's so great is because of those reasons. So let's look at that same lens, a guy like Badu. Let's look at the same lens of Casey Mize who locates and attacks every single pitch and pitches with um, purpose with every pitch in that lens. And then let's look at Eric Haas for the story that he is, a journeyman, minor leaguer that finally got a shot and is and is succeeding at this opportunity so let's feel good let's feel good about these young guys these rookie of the years and even the the wily aged veterans of the league um that have these good stories let's let's feel good and i do have another i do have another thing that we can feel good about Um, and that's just how this team is playing now again they're still not where they need to be they're still they I mean they lost two games to the Orioles this weekend. You should not lose two games to the Orioles. You can lose
0: they're one. Very, you, they're very roller y
1: Yes, they are. And you're going to get that with a young bad ish team. Um and they shouldn't have lost two at home to the Orioles. But uh, go back to that Twins series. They were winning that first game, the majority of the game, then they lose it late. And then the next, in heartbreaking fashion, the next game, they go down 4 nothing in the first inning. Demoralizing. That like That's just... you. That's incredibly difficult to recover from. But they kept playing the game, chipping away, and then Eric Haas hits the biggest home run of his career um, to put them back on top. Or not back on top, to tie the game, and then they eventually win in extras. And then they win the next game... Seventeen to fourteen, and probably the craziest game, regular season game, in the MLB this year. Without Do you hitting the
0: stats it. that I sent you.
1: Yes, they tigers <laughs> hit zero. Home, tigers hit zero home runs. Mm-hmm. The Twins hit seven. This is the first yep. time in major league history that a team who hit zero home runs and scored that many runs won a game, and a team that hit seven home runs had lost a game. This has never <laughs> happened before in major league history, but it happened to the Tigers. Good thing that happened to them, but I. That that weekend series was an example of toughness. That is, I mean, again, demoralizing to lose a game in that fashion and then come out the next day and already be behind the eight ball before the game even starts, being down 4 nothing. They come back and win that series after losing the first game in that fashion. That's mental toughness there. And that's something that A.J. Hinch has installed in these guys. Now, they may not be the most talented. They may not be... Uh, They're definitely not the best team. They're definitely not the worst anymore. And that's because they have this mentality of like, hey, we're going to get punched in the mouth a lot, and we're going to fall down, but hey, we're going to get back up. It's a new day, and we're going to punch you in the mouth. The Tigers are no longer a team that is a punching bag in this league. If you do not play your best against the Detroit Tigers right now, you could wind up losing the series. I don't want to say in embarrassing fashion, but the Red Sox are coming in this week for three games. If the Red Sox do not play to their potential, very well they could lose the series. And that's that's improvement. That is what you want to see in a rebuild. And we just saw a report today, because of this production that we've gotten from A.J. Hinch and his staff, Chris Illich is now saying we plan on being aggressive in the free agency pool this upcoming season. We are so close from take, for taking the next step out of this rebuild and being a competitive playoff contending team. And I out of anything, I I love playoff hockey. I love uh I love college football bowl season. I love March Madness. Uh, there is nothing. Absolutely nothing like a fall playoff game at Comerica Park. It like every time that I've been, it's kind of like get all those warm fuzzies like in my heart. I don't even care if we play the best, the team who plays a, or has won 120 games in the regular season and we get pooped on in the playoffs. We are there and we are one of the best teams in the league. And it's even more impressive in baseball because those that's the fewest playoff teams in any of the four major sports. So if you make it to the playoffs, you have earned earned your spot and I am so excited to see what this team does in the offseason and maybe just maybe we can squeak in at the second wild card spot next year just maybe you give me one give me one one game of playoff baseball and that that I don't want to say that it'll hold me off for five years but I would be I will be please don't say
0: that it won't hold me off
1: it will not hold me off either I will be glued to my television I won't go up and take I won't go up to go to the bathroom if the Tigers make it to the wild card game next year, I will be uh, Casey Mize on the mound against whoever on a road game. And then we get to go back to Detroit if they win that game and get at least one game in the post. Mm, give it to me. Give it to me.
0: You were going to be having to elbow people out of the way for tickets to that game. I'm imagining
1: uh, the last, the last playoff game I was at, what was uh 2014? I think that was when they, they got swept by the Orioles. That was Terrible, but I stood standing room only, and that was a lot of fun actually. Other than I believe it, it
0: feels it's like the mosh pit of baseball, right?
1: Yeah, but yeah. again, still you get the same atmosphere there. Um, and the ticket was yeah. relatively cheap. I think it was only like fifty bucks for a playoff. That's game. not bad at all. Yeah. <laughs> So I'd pick Um up.
0: some other things to add for the Tigers. Um, Miggy is three home runs away from. I completely forgot about that. Oh my god. And gosh. he's also—I don't know how many hits away he's from. He is from three thousand. That I'm not sure. I didn't look at that. Do you know?
1: Um, he won't. I know that he won't be able to reach it this year.
0: Right. So he is probably. Yeah, he's probably lower.
1: I think at the All-Star break it was like eighty something.
0: Yeah. I don't know, Sorry. i I'm not even gonna look. But they have giant um uh, what's the what's it, like marquee letters up at yeah, America yeah, Park yeah. that they keep like sliding stuff in every time he gets a every time he gets a run or a hit. So that's pretty exciting. That'll be an awesome milestone for him to reach. Super fun. Yeah. Um and the other big one is that the Tigers traded Daniel Norris to the Brewers for Reese Olson. Um And look, I think the three of us were all kind of like, we wish Daniel Norris was a starter. We wish that he had gotten to be the pitcher that we all kind of think he can be at in Detroit. I don't think he was any of our like favorite players, but something, the thing that broke my heart was watching his post uh, post trade interview, like his exit interview. And he had clearly either just been crying or was on the verge of tears. Yeah. Like, You could tell that he was so disappointed with himself, probably, is is the best way to put that, and just, like, that he didn't do what he had sought out to do in Detroit, and, like, how deeply rooted in his heart the team and the city had become. Like, just the way that he was talking about what he had learned while he was here, and who, like, how it had impacted his play, and all that kind of stuff, you're just like, ugh, I so wish that you fit into this plan somewhere. Yeah. And unfortunately he doesn't. And unfortunately for him, he's moving farther away from the ocean to Milwaukee, so <laughs> poor guy.
1: There's some there's some okay beaches and no, there's not. Never mind. No. No, there's not. There's probably like some place. <laughs> he can he can take his van up there. Um, I will say this, I mean, it it sucks. I mean, especially seeing a player that wants to stay in one spot and then them not being able to it is heartbreaking. I mean, you I'm sure you saw what the Cubs did over the uh, the trade deadline. Oh, yeah,
0: we can talk about that too if you want to.
1: I mean, I, I don't we need to, we don't need to touch on it a whole lot because I mean they just totally I mean they got a World Series out of it so like kind of lessens the blow. But still, every cornerstone of their franchise minus uh, Wilson Contreras um, was traded, and Chris Bryant, out. and yeah, and and Chris Bryant was the last of those guys to be traded. And once he found out, he was sobbing in the dugout. And like yeah. like there we we try to bring in the human element to our sports you know podcast, and know I do, like I'm not just a cold and heartless person, you know <laughs> I know when, when we talk about trades and stuff, but like no, this stuff matters to these guys, um, however, um for a guy like Daniel Norris, for whatever reason, it was not working here. And yeah. as much yep. as he wants to stay, as much as he wants to try, and this isn't like, oh, we got to get rid of him. This is probably better for him because you see uh, – not all the time, but there are many cases where you see a guy who struggles in one place and gets traded someplace else, and then a different tweak that maybe the staff couldn't see uh, here is done there, and, his, and the player's career takes off. Yep. That, so if anything, we have to hope for that because, A um, – Daniel Norris will be getting some more opportunities to pitch for the Brewers because um, I think they have a COVID situation going on right now. Uh, and B, the Brewers are first place in the division. He gets to play in postseason baseball. Um, so he gets a shot at a ring too. Um, and I think I think we would all, most of us, and I, I know specifically me, I would take getting traded from my home, my family, my favorite place for a chance to go and win a world series and then if i do win that world series it'd be worth it every time 100% of the time I'm not saying that no that's i be the i story. and i
0: agree with that and i think i think that there's truth to that it's yeah and i don't want it to seem like oh keep all the players and, and like be detrimental to no. the team like i'm not i'm definitely not that i am like i understand the value of trading and that kind of stuff i get that i i don't need to go into my ethical thing with it but i I think we only wish the best for him because yeah. as a human being, he's one of the best there is like mm-hmm. um he he clearly loved his time here, and I think it's just you just wish the best for him because he he was one of those players that you rooted for, even if he wasn't doing great, you know yeah so
1: yeah, and I guess that's that. I mean... The prospect isn't terrible, either, that we got from him. He's a 21-year-old in low A, so that kind of stinks. Um, but, mm-hmm. again, maybe maybe he needed a change of scenery, and then he can explode off someplace. So um, I'd have to research more on him. But at least it wasn't like a player to be named later. We actually got a player in return, um, which yeah. is which good. Is nice. Um, and then I, I there's something I want to talk about, about Miguel Cabrera and then contracts later. Um, cause we'll get to that once we talk about the red Wings. So I'll, like maybe a little bit a Corey's corner light, I should say. <laughs> okay. um, but uh, yeah, I think that uh, I, that was in one. Of, so we we tried to record yesterday, and I wasn't gonna be able to record um, because of kickball, obviously, but then that fell through. So there was a point in the recordings where I went on on that tangent of contract talk. but um, okay. I will redo
0: it for this. Perfect. Um, perfect. Yeah, um, Lions. Not a lot of changed. They're starting to practice more and more. Uh, we have a we have a preseason schedule now, right? What's happening? Uh, I mean, I we
1: did have we did have the preseason schedule already released, but uh, football okay. is starting this week. The I was Hall of Fame say, game.
0: Yeah, okay, starts this week.
1: Yeah, Hall of Fame game is this Thursday. So, and this year there's only two preseason games, or three if you play in the Hall of Fame game. Um, so. Football's coming right around the corner. Very quick, very fast. Uh, And I guess other notable news as well. The Lions reached 80% vaccine, um, the threshold. Won't get into whatever political stuff is associated with that. But at least this says that if any team is going to have a massive COVID issue, emphasis on massive it will not be the Lions, so we will not forfeit any games this year. We will just lose them the correct way.
0: <laughs> we will lose them the good old fashioned way that we did last season.
1: Yeah, correct. That is it.
0: <laughs> um, okay, so before we jump into the Red Wings, do you want me to just read everything that happened between last Monday and today?
1: Yeah, do it for the
0: Red Wings. All right. We'll talk about a couple of these points in in greater detail, but I'm just going to go through them one by one. Uh, these are in mostly uh, timeline order. Sam Gagne re-signed with the Red Wings.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Luke Glendening signed with Dallas.
1: Uh... Helm. We are going to we are
0: going to talk about it in a second. Give me a moment. <laughs> Darren Helm signed with the Avalanche. Man. The Wings side, Jordan Osterley. Ryan Murphy signed with the Red Wings. Joe Hicketts and Dominic Tergeron of the AHL went to the Minnesota Wild. Uh, Biega signed with the Leafs. Detroit signed Pius Suter, Pius Suter. Um, Dylan McElrath was, I don't know, where did he go? I can't remember where he went. I didn't write it down. But that was my bad. Uh, Ryan, nope. The Red Wings signed Dan Renoff and Luke Witkowski. Uh, Tampa Bay traded for Detroit's 20, uh, 2022 twenty two six overall or six round pick. Whoa, not six overall, six round pick for uh, Mitchell Stevens. So that's who we got. Brian Lashoff came back to the Griffins. Jonathan Bernier signed with New Jersey. Tyler Bertuzzi signed for two more deals with the Red or two more years with the Red Wings.
1: Heck yeah. Um,
0: we learned that Verona and Ernie are going to arbitration. Uh. And that was the most recent.
1: All right. Where do we want to start? <laughs> so
0: that was so many things.
1: <laughs> where do we want to start? We want to start with guys that left, guys that came, and then guys that are going to arbitration, or what do we want to do?
0: Um, let's, just, let's, let's, just start th- with, let's just start with the pain first. We'll start, start with then. the people that left.
1: Here comes the pain.
0: Here comes the pain. Um, so first of all, two fan favorites we're gonna start with luke glendening because he's collectively our favorite yes um was not re-signed by the red wings he was offered a deal but he shopped around and signed with dallas and i I, well a i cried b i was very dramatic about it on twitter um and and c i don't think that chris had the same reaction that we did (laughs) Mm
1: -mm. no not
0: like not even at all
1: no, he did not. Um, yeah, that it, it's it's weird because so like the most emotional I've ever been, obviously, and I'm sure you can guess. Um, mm, I wonder. It was when Does it start Verlander with a J. Was, yeah, yeah. It starts with a J. Justin Verlander was traded. I I was demoralized. For for Luke Lennon, he's obviously not a Hall of Fame player. Um, but seeing that news was, I mean, it, it essentially was was crushing. Like I didn't cry, but I was like. Man, that yeah. stinks. And I, I, I told, I texted Noel once. Once we got the Garnier news, that this hundred percent means Luke Lindenning is gone. And then shortly after that, we see the the news that Luke Lindenning signs with Dallas. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just it, it's, it's hard to see fan favorites go to other teams. Um, it happens all the time. And then especially like for like these players who are not so great quote unquote um you know don kelly was a fan favorite in detroit and then when he left it was like oh no like stuff like that um but yeah it, it's I, I don't really know how to describe it because it that was a story that should have been in detroit for his whole career yeah. grows up in west michigan Walks on U of M hockey team, becomes captain of the U of M hockey team. Uh I believe he went undrafted and then signed up. Went undrafted,
0: a... just went to training camp one day and they're like, Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah. And then he essentially walks onto the Griffins, wins a Calder Cup with them, and then weasels his way and yes, weasels is probably a good word to describe it. Onto the Red Wings roster and instantly becomes a player that um is adored by the fans um, and adored by coaches and then
0: becomes an alternate captain
1: becomes an alternate captain. So like essentially everything that you can do minus winning a Stanley cup, Luke Glenn did in, in hockey. I mean, he didn't win the national championship, but he wins a, he wins a Calder cup and he makes an impact on and off the ice. Um, And that's a guy you just want to keep on your team, regardless of the stats. I mean, he was, was he a top six forward? No. Was he, a mid-six forward, no. No question mark. He could fill in. Was he a great fourth line wing center or like a replacement to the top six in emergencies? Absolutely. Um, and it 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 sucks that his value is seen more in his fan favorite than his play on the ice. Now he. Was, has all the intangibles, gets in the dirty areas, is a player you want in the team, and that's why Dallas signed him for that to, for that uh, that contract. I, I I do have I don't want to say conspiracy, but I think I think what had happened was that I think Steve offered him a one year deal for that amount, and he just he was like you know I want some more I want term because I mean mm-hmm. I he, I mean he because he probably even himself saw that the writing was on the wall for him. Um, you know, yeah. cause it, yep. you just, you can't consistently pay a bottom six guy, almost $2 million or maybe yeah. you're, you can't, you can't pay your, your, yeah. You know what I mean? So
0: the Red Wings cannot pay a bottom six, $2 million. The current right. Red Wings, as they are talent wise, cannot pay one of their bottom six, nearly $2 million. No, I'm with you. Yeah. And I think, I mean, honestly, he he was my favorite player since uh since Lidstrom left which is a hilarious shift in players i know um but i i think i just love so much rooting for the underdog and Luke yeah. dunning is quintessential underdog who made it and like i love that i i love that he's annoying on the ice i love that he uh is a great uh power play killer. Like I love that he does the things that other players don't want to do. I don't know what that says about me, but I enjoy that kind of person. I enjoy that kind sure. of player. That's why I like Tyler Brutuzzi a lot. Um and I know that that's not apples to apples kind of thing, but um I I just I, and granted I'm a crier anyways, I'll cry at anything. Um but I it was just it was like a gutting thing to like no, like to see that. I uh, we we talk about it every season. We're always like, oh, Luke Lendudding's up on the on the chopping block again. He's up on the table. Like he's gonna get cheated or taken or whatever. That's always a conversation we have. And since it had not happened yet, it had been what three or four years of this conversation consistently. At least three. Yeah, yeah. where we're having this this same conversation, and I truthfully wasn't even thinking about it. I wasn't even concerned about it because it had not happened yet, and I should have like no i should have you know been better at that um just watching trends and stuff that's just on me but um yeah it's just just a bummer i'm just sad about it
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and i, I think people could s- say the same about helm um because very that, much so very much but so. it's different though because this is a guy that his production tanked as he got older um that's and, true uh, sent Essentially, the reason he's on the team: a nostalgia and b, veteran presence or whatever. He's been with the team for so long. So he signs with the Avalanche. Which, if he signed with the Avalanche back in the '90s, we probably all would have hated him. But it's it's mm-hmm. a bit different now. Um, yeah. yeah. So and like this is that's the last player that was connected to the 08 Stanley Cup team outside of Phil But he's a free agent. And he's not going to get signed. Um. So, th- that's definitely like the closing of the chapter. Like, hey, we're moving forward. Without some of these uh, nostalgic guys, these, these nostalgic characters, mm-hmm. um, but again, if, if anybody's going to write the ship and move them in the correct direction, it's going to be Iserman. So it yeah. sucks that um, you know we have to see these players go, but there is a price for there is a price for victory, and we're yeah. we're, we're paying we're paying some of that price right now because I, I
0: also think it's one of those things. Sorry to cut you off. That no, you're good with Helm being kind of that end cap to that era, it's a little bit of a stop looking backwards thing. Yeah, that's um, Because I think that we as Red Wings players do that all the time um, because we have such a great history to look back on. And so with Helm being that last official piece, I know Philippo's kind of there, but I, honestly all of Twitter forgot he was there, so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but with, with Helm being that last end cap, it's kind of finally like we have a new era coming. Mo Sider is going to be a regular next season. Um, Lucas Raymond is, is is developing, and we might get nine games out of him. Like We have these awesome young guys coming up, and it's just another one of those steps and another one of those pushes to look forward and to stop comparing what is to what was yeah. um, and start looking at what could be. That was a lot of... Um, it was a lot of, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. Never mind. That's a bad train of thought. Sorry. Um,
1: Existentialism.
0: Yeah. Existential. I don't know where I'm going. I, I'm in a mood tonight. I don't know what it is. Um, but we also, I guess, probably should talk about Jonathan Bernier. Um, brick wall of three years. The stopgap. The legend himself is going to New Jersey.
1: We We talked about that a little bit. Uh, I think last week, a, a very, uh, I don't want to say underrated, but
0: uh, underappreciated,
1: underappreciated. Yeah, that was the word. Um, and uh, he got appreciated with uh, New Jersey signed a what he signed for four and a half million. I think that was one of the highest Something like that, uh, yeah. free agent goalie signings uh, this, this year. Um, and deservedly so. Um, again, he was putting up vesna like numbers in Colorado before he came to Detroit. And then if he if he had some sort of a competent defense ahead of him, he might have even made some more noise. Uh, I think that's Bur- the
0: thing. I think that he was throwing up borderline Vesna numbers yeah. on the 2019, 2020, and 2020, 2021 uh, sure. Red Wings. Like, he was throwing them up there. We just uh, we gave him no help. Anyways, sorry. Yep.
1: Continue. Um, um, So it's nice to see that he's going to get some credit. And honestly, that's an interesting situation because New Jersey has Mackenzie Blackwood, who's supposed to be like one of the next young goaltenders in this league. So they're going to have a little bit of a two-headed monster in New Jersey. Their roster still is not very good, uh, but they did also just pick up the other Hughes brother um, in the draft. So maybe they'll make some noise. I mean, Subban is not the player that he once was, um, but uh, is still – I would still – I mean, maybe not at that contract which I will talk about later, um, but is still a player that you would want to have on your team in whatever capacity. Um, so c- kudos to Bernier. Maybe he'll get some more credit um, while in New Jersey. But I think every Red Wings fan could agree that he deserves the money that he's getting uh, there.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Not, I'm like
1: not not to say that I'm not excited about Nadelkovic. I'm very excited about Nadelkovic. Yes, um, yeah. yeah, but also super happy for Bernier as well
0: for sure um all right so we have so many so do we want to go into who like re-signed so we got um oh it's just we can Bershu's we can name, right yeah we can we can touch re-sign. briefly
1: yeah let's let's just do the free agents as a as a whole uh sure. again so we got Gagne we got uh Suter which I, I don't know what Chicago is doing um he uh, had a who knows he had a tremendous rookie year. He didn't even get qualified, which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, and then now Detroit has a young-ish player that they can squeak into their top six, and it's on. It's it's really a prove it deal because he only signed mm-hmm. a two-year deal. What was it for three and a half million? Or I don't was have it more? that written down. Something like I think it was three <laughs> and a half. Um, so if he sucks he's he's gone after two years and no skin off your nose and he's young enough to where like it wouldn't be like he's taking away time from from other players um if he's great good he could be part of your core moving forward and then also to bring Bertuzzi, Fabri, and Suter back from their Gulf Storm days um on one line and have some chemistry there because I feel like uh The thing that the Red Wings struggled with as well is whoever wasn't with Larkin was not performing at the best way that they possibly could perform. Uh So maybe if you get some sort of chemistry, whether it was back in juniors in, you'll get a productive second line, which I think every Red Wings fan is excited for. Um, I totally forgot about that Stevens move. Um, And when you first sent it to me, I didn't think much of it. Uh, But now I'm super excited because maybe you have... I don't want to say, and I don't want to bring blasphemy upon his name, but maybe you have a Luke Glendening light in the making because um, he's sliding right into that bottom four. You're probably not even going to hear anything from him, but that might be a good thing if that's a guy who's sliding in your bottom four. And I think he's got a little bit more of an offensive uh, side to him as well, which is something that you know we, we love Luke Glendening goals. We love his because they're so rare. <laughs> because they're so rare. Now he, I think he had 12 goals this year, which is quite a few yeah. for him. Yeah. Um, but I think we might even get some more production out of the fourth line as well with that. Um, I don't. I was not worried at all about Bertuzzi. I thought I he wasn't was gonna, either. I, I thought he was going to sign. A, maybe a little concerned that it's only a two-year deal, and then after that two-year deal, he goes to unrestricted free agency. But I feel like they would. I feel like Ajman's got like. The thing about Iserman was in Tampa that he got his core guys to sign not necessarily team-friendly deals, but deals that helped the team in the end. So Pertuzzi is obviously a player that we would want to keep for the long haul. Um, And I feel like with the moves that Iserman is making now would show a guy like Pertuzzi, like, hey, we're building something special here, stick with us after that second year is up. Um, And maybe we make enough strides to where we are in the playoffs in that second year of his deal. And then, of course, a guy would want to stay at a team that just made the playoffs. Um, so I know his he gets more money in his second year, which good for him. He deserves it. He works really hard. Um, so happy for him. Uh, and then other than that, yes, Noel, I cut you off. I have a Bertuzzi thing.
0: Yeah. Um... I have just seen a couple rumors floating around the Twitter sphere. Uh, some theories that he ha- would have gotten some bites for uh, a trade back when you know that was uh, happening back last season, uh, except for his injury. And so I have seen a couple things where it's like Bertuzzi didn't get a longer period of time because he might get flipped at the trade deadline this year, depending on what his production is. So that is also something to keep in mind. Do I know that that will happen? No. Do I see kind of some credibility to that? Yes. So
1: I would have to look into those rumors. I believe you. Um, I would just like yeah. to, I would just like to, um, research that a little bit more. I yeah, because he was in That's trade. I That's mean, Ch- Tor- Toronto wanted him. Yeah, he he was going to go to Toronto if he, I, I mean he wasn't going to go to Toronto, if he was healthy Toronto would have made a push, a big yes. push to get him, yeah, because um, he's the exact player that they need right now. Um, however, I didn't even think about that. So um, good catch. I would be sad Thank if you, it wasn't did because me. I I'd be <laughs> I'd be sad if 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 it happened. Oh, absolutely, because...
0: heartbroken. I love the guy.
1: Because I have five Adidas jerseys for the Red Wings. <laughs> one is Zetterberg from the first and only year in his Adidas jersey, so, like, that's fine. The other is Larkin, so I'm fine there. And then the other three are Mantha, Bertuzzi, and Glenn Denning. So I can't Good. afford to lose another one. Good. Um, so
0: You have those relics.
1: Yeah, they're relics. Um, did we – oh, Ernie and uh, Vrana. Um a little bit surprised mm-hmm. at Ernie, um, but he did have a very good year. And I don't, dude's, dude's a power play specialist. I don't know. I don't know what else to say.
0: Did uh, we see it did, coming? No. No,
1: but apparently, Eichman did because he was a guy. What he traded a third round pick for him when we were awful, yep, yep. and then when he came here, he was awful. He scored two yep. goals, both of which were in one game. In that game, I was at. Um, <laughs> and. I was like, oh, man, what happened to Adam Ernie? And then he comes out, and he has a very productive year for where he's placed in the lineup, and now he's going to arbitration. I don't know what that entails. Obviously, he's not going to be a guy that's going to be making, like, $2 million, but over a million, probably a million and a half, probably something similar to what Glenn Denning got, I would assume, but for, mm-hmm. I think, a longer term. Um, yeah. So that's interesting. Verana's case, I'm not concerned, but I would not be surprised if it's north of $5 million.
0: Yeah, how many years are you putting on that?
1: I don't know. At don't least know two. Either. At least yeah. two. Because, yeah. I, because yes, he had a massive uh, comeback. Season, comeback with us, but is that sustainable? I don't know. Um, so we'll see. And then, obviously, his agent's going to be like, oh, look at his production when he was here. It's like, well, you have to look at the full body of work. Um, right. So if I'm concerned, level of concern is probably highest for Verana as far as what is that going to do. But again, Iserman's at the helm. It's the last GM that I'll have to worry about. I w- he can, I mean, not giving him a a full pass to do whatever he wants, but the person I would trust the most to do the best thing for the team would be Iserman. So
0: yeah, and just because they're in arbitration doesn't mean it'll go to trial or whatever it's called like there's also correct so many cases of where this just they get taken care of in the background and then when the day finally comes they're like oh look we solved it uh and they sign a deal
1: also correct and hope hope i think i think ernie could get to that point i think verona will go to arbitration
0: okay i think that's a fair assessment yeah um what else do we got what else happened? So many things happened. My notes are a mess. So like <laughs> trying to oh, Luke, keep track of uh, all these things.
1: Witkowski, hot take. I oh. think he's going to pl- I think he's going to play a lot for the Wings. You think
0: he's going to play in the wings? Yes. Okay. All right. I know for for fans if you want a reenactment of what Chris's reaction was, just imagine a lot of caps, a lot of gifs and a lot of screaming. He was very excited.
1: Okay, so like let let look at it this way. Um, who did the Red Wings lose in the minor league system? They lost tickets, they lost McAllister and they lost McElrath. and McElrath. So they lost two defensemen, right? Yep. They signed uh, Renouf who's not an NHL player. Correct. He he'll be, he'll be in the minors. And then they signed Osterley. No, Austerly's going to be he's going to be on the roster. I'm I'm actually pretty excited about that signing. Um, okay. I like that a lot. Um, hometown kid. He's like a Merrill essentially, and Merrill was pretty oh, okay. good while he was here. Okay. Um, so uh, who's the other guy? Ryan Murphy was that Murphy? Him? Murphy. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to fill the other defenseman spot down in the minors. And then I think we signed. Did we sign another minor league? Oh, we re-signed Chris Colo, and then uh, Brian
0: Lashoff is back too.
1: Lashoff's back. So if Witkowski, who's a defenseman, by trade where is he going to play in the i mean like there's going to be a spot for him in the ahl but like i he might he might be that uh what is it the press box guy but for as many injuries as this team has um i could see them doing that seven defensemen uh 11 forwards lineup like they did a ton and then honestly i i don't i Maybe he's the fourth line wing. I don't know.
0: I I think that's optimistic. Because you don't think that Giovanni will be slotting in there a little more often than Luke? I think think that he's got more talent, and I think he's got more chemistry with people in that spot.
1: But maybe Valeno doesn't start the year in Detroit.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: We'll see. Training camp is Mm going
0: to give us a lot of answers, I think.
1: Yes. Yes. So, hot take: Luke Luke Kukowski will be close to a regular next year.
0: Okay, sounds good.
1: Sounds good. All right. Do you have any Do you have any other thoughts, or can I do Corey's corner light?
0: Um, I don't have any other thoughts. I I so so my aunt is a very large Red Wings fan. Um, and when. Helmer, Helm was her favorite player. Luke was my favorite player. So I texted her and I was like, how are you doing? And she's like, I don't know. How are you doing? Um, and then she called me and she's like, let's talk about this. And the thing that we came to conclusion in was that we're, we're sad that this era is ending. We're sad that we're seeing some of our favorite people leave. But we're so, so excited for what the next at least two years are going to be. Um, mm-hmm. And so, so excited for the young guys that are coming up and I think that that heals and kind of covers the sting of losing some of our favorite people um especially with with Steve at the helm and being able to trust him um mostly because I've seen what Edmonton's been doing and they're just a mess and I can't imagine having Ken Holland as a GM in this era still like can you imagine just think about that for a second we have Jeff Blashill as a coach and Ken Holland as a GM right now. How are you? How are you feeling? Because that that is a painful place for me to be.
1: Hard. That's that's I'd I'd be I'd be sad. I'd be filled yeah. with despair.
0: It's it's a scary. That is a scary theory, theory theoretical hypothetical place. Anyways, so I'm looking forward to the season. I miss hockey. Um. Yeah. Those are those are my closing thoughts. The, I know that the, the prospect tournament in Plymouth, or the um, what was it? Traverse City. No, 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 no. Um, for the Radways? Oh gosh, no! The international what was it one of the youth tournaments or something was in Plymouth this week, and we had a couple prospects. I didn't oh, do any okay. research on that. Uh, my bad but I know just from some stuff that I'd seen that our guys were doing pretty well, which is also encouraging. So yeah. Love it. Okay. Go ahead, core.
1: Go ahead. All right. We're at an hour and 10 minutes, so I got to keep this brief. Um, But welcome to, welcome to crash course light. Um, So I want to talk about contracts and I've always been a huge Supporter of looking at a player, um, without the scope of the contract involved. Um, so, y- as soon as Luke Lindening signs with Dallas, everybody on the Dallas side who had never really like focused on Luke Lindening or seen Luke Lindening in the light that Red Wings fans had seen him were like, "Oh, what's this? Is a terrible signing at one point five for a fourth liner?" And then they showed like his like stats. Like, Noel, you sent that. Uh, that like infographic of like where his his production impact, was or basically. something, yeah. His impact, impact.
0: Was info- infographic. It wasn't, it wasn't good.
1: No, and that that there's a lot of other factors. He starts every shift in the defensive zone. All of this stuff. He doesn't score very often again because he starts a shift in the defensive zone. Um, and now all of the Dallas fans see a fourth line player who has little to no impact at a 1.5 million dollar cap hit, um, which is pretty substantial for a player who's. Uh, in your bottom six or your fourth line center. Um, and I, I just, I, I don't know how to necessarily articulate it, um, but sometimes A, the player is worth more than the contract, and B, the player is still productive despite what his contract says. So I, I, I look at it, and I'll take a couple examples. First on the baseball realm, let's look at Miguel Cabrera, right? So Miguel Cabrera, in his prime, Was the best hitter on the planet. It wasn't even close. I mean, this guy would get clutch hit after clutch hit, and was the most feared bat in the Tigers lineup. I mean, he could hit for power, he could hit in the gaps, and he could, he could, you know, get that rinky-dink single whenever you needed it as well. Um, And once it was time for him to be extended, we were paying Miguel Cabrera for what he had accomplished. So, he was still a productive player and probably still even an elite hitter once he signed that deal for a couple of years after that, but now we're at the point where his body has caught up with him, he's sustained a lot of injuries, he's missed time, he's not a bad player by any means, but he is absolutely not the player he once was. Now, this makes his contract look not great. I'm not denying that. It's not a good contract. But to say Miguel Cabrera is a bad player because of the contract he signed is ludicrous, in my opinion. and also something that takes away to the greatness of the players that we see today. AJ Hinch in, said or did some interview with the Detroit Free Pest is like we're trying to take attention away from the 2012 Triple Crown winner Miguel Cabrera and shift it more to the everyday Miguel Cabrera player that we have today. because once we do that, we can then appreciate the things that are going on. So, uh, Chris, as much as I love him, cannot stand Miguel Cabrera for this contract. But maybe Chris is missing out a bit on what's happening in Detroit right now. Because now, Miguel Cabrera is three home runs away from hitting the 500 career home run, which is the... Like, if you hit 500 home runs, you're in the Hall of Fame, no questions asked. Like, we all know Miguel Cabrera is going to be in the Hall of Fame, but that's, like, the baseline. Um, So... All the fans are now excited again because he's so close to hitting that mon- Every at-bat now is special. And people who are so focused, ah, oh, he's getting $35 million a year to hit 270, like this is a ter- Like are missing out on some of that greatness that's happening. Because if you take the contract away, is Miguel Cabrera still a productive player in this league? 100%. Yes, he is. Now, there's instances where the contract isn't so good. Let's look at Franz Nielsen, for example. He's getting paid $5.25 million a year. Is he worth that contract? Absolutely not. Is he worth the league minimum? (laughs) I mean, it's tough, but I I would say yes, he's worth the league minimum. So if you bury Franz Nielsen in the bottom six, even with his $5 million contract... You, you probably will still have a serviceable NHL player. Better example. Better example. Let's look at Corey Perry. Okay? Had a big contract with Anaheim. Gets bought out, and then he goes to Dallas. What did people think of him in Dallas? Good player, right? Mm-hmm. Good player for that, for that contract was a good player. Then he goes to Montreal. An integral piece to their Stanley Cup run this year. And everybody started to love... Corey Perry, again, for his toughness, his tenacity. He's a dirty player. I get it. Whatever. But the fans adored him. Two years ago, fans at Anaheim were like, this guy sucks. This is – look at his stats. They're practically the same. Maybe he got even a little bit better with a change of scenery. But this is still a end-of-his-career twilight player. And his total perception of him as a player has changed solely because he's not getting paid the big money that he was getting paid in Anaheim. Um, P.K. Subban, his production went down. He's getting paid a ton of money to play defense. You tell me, would a Red Wings fan take P.K. Subban at $1.5 million or below on this roster right now? Would you take him?
0: Yeah, probably. Probably.
1: I'd take him. The point I'm trying to make, there are bad contracts, yes, but we still have to evaluate players based off of their production. It gets skewed once we see a player who's getting paid so much money and his production does not match. But still, we can't totally eliminate his entire value based off of he's getting paid more than he should because you could miss out on a player like a Corey Perry who could be productive for your team because you're overlooking his production when he was getting paid a ton of money. You could miss out on really special stuff that's happening with Miguel Cabrera because you're so pissed off about that. He's getting paid $35 million a year to not hit 20 home runs anymore. And then you could be furious at a guy like PK Subban, whose production has gone down, but is still a, a great personality on and off the ice and be a productive player. Just not at the level that you would pay a player $7 million. Um, and obviously those things get settled through buyouts and stuff but still do not entirely eliminate the value of players just based off of them getting overpaid because there's still production and there's still some cool things you can see from them so that's my two cents and that's kind of how i feel especially with the miguel cabrera thing like everybody's talking about like oh he sucks it's like no he doesn't and he i does think not suck. i
0: think part of it is that people are like ugh he sh- like why was Sometimes I think people, like fans, blame the player for taking that much money. And you're like, if if somebody offered me, you know, $37 million a year to hit baseballs and hit two home runs that year, I'm going to take it. Like, it, it, that's not his fault. That's the GM and yeah. that's the GM's fault for not being able to negotiate that contract well. Like, don't fault the player. It's not their fault.
1: Yeah. I agree. I agree 100%. And it, it's kind of a shame. I mean, we you could you could get to the humanity side of it. Like these are I players that are playing That's
0: a whole other That's I I could do a whole episode on that.
1: Sure. I mean, outside of like the outrageous amounts of money that no people should be getting paid regardless. Um um I don't I don't want to say we're dehumanizing, but these are players that are playing for our entertainment and we're getting mad at them because they're not performing well and uh-huh. they're getting paid a ton of money to do it. Uh-huh. Like, I, it's just, it's so trivial. It really is. Yeah. And uh, just just learn to appreciate, like, the good players, even though they're maybe being overpaid, and then just suffer through the bad players until there's a resolution. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because sitting here and complaining isn't going to help. It's not going to change the production. At the it's end of the day,
0: him... it's a sport, and it's, it's sport. for fun that is at the base of every major league that's what it is absolutely and people lose that but that's part of life that's yeah
1: it is part of life so crash course adjourned i kept it to i think 11 minutes yeah you nailed like that pre- i'm pretty proud of you that's pretty good so maybe i didn't did i ramble on too much or
0: no i think you did okay also you, did. you
1: and chris you and chris need to get uh get your your segments up i'm outnumbering you guys
0: (laughs) by a lot well your segments are a little bit more like you can do them on the fly you think of it that day and kind of mull over it for a little bit and you're fine mine is i have to read a whole book i have to give a book report basically um
1: and then chris has to crunch financials exactly
0: so so really you have the easiest job
1: well i i picked first so there you go
0: yeah i know Alright folks, that is the end of this week's replay. Thank you so much for listening. We're so glad that you're along this ride for us. This is episode 25. We are wow. at a quarter-life crisis mode right now. That's that's where we're at in life. Um, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. I don't know if I think Chris is on next week. That's what we have heard from him. Uh, we'll be releasing Wednesday again just because of Corey's schedule. So um look out for that as always please rate and subscribe um we really appreciate yes. it five stars only if you're out there and, and rating it that just helps us reach more people um and then give us a follow on the insta and twitter at cnc sports pod what wait wait
1: wait wait wait, wait. if you want to give us one star go ahead no but put your put, put your full name <laughs> put your full name on it no i'll find you
0: okay sure that's fine
1: throw one star out there you're gonna catch these hands
0: (laughs) all the way in indiana Um, i'll drive i got a car you do have a car that is true but you never mind uh all right Uh, right. bye everybody that was a chaotic ending Have have a great week Woo!